Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now last time we read chapter 2 and at the end of chapter 2 um, really God is telling us the importance in a way of marriage. Okay, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed or embarrassed. Now that's the end of Genesis chapter 2. Now while it was not termed marriage and there was no marriage in that sense, you know, no ceremony and thing, you know, that sort of thing back then, um, that was something, that was a custom that developed because it was important and it was special and it should be, uh, that shows that bond of the man and the woman that, uh, you know, that your whole family is really based on that bond. You know, without that, you don't have a family. You don't have children and brothers and sisters and, you know, mother and father. Without that, we would just, without that organization, without that uh, support of that family structure, it's, it's a lot, you know, it makes life a lot harder. And so God was trying to show and teach, you know, uh, the better way to get through life and to make things easier and, and more helpful. And there's more to it than that because there's a whole there's a whole mental, emotional and um, spiritual piece to all of that that I'm not going to get into that in depth, but there is when it comes down to marriage, there's this whole uh, package that is huge. And this is just pointing out the importance of it without going into in depth into it in depth and so that's really all I'm doing all right so we are ready to read Genesis chapter 3 and I am reading in the Amplified Bible now the serpent was more crafty subtle skilled in deceit than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made and the serpent Satan said to the woman can it really be that God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God said, You shall not eat from it, nor touch it, otherwise you will die. But the serpent said to the woman, You certainly will not die, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. That is, you will have greater awareness, and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful, she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of the two of them were opened, that is, their awareness increased. And they knew that they were naked, and they fastened fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now notice here the way this goes. You could, you could probably pair this up against Jesus' time in the wilderness. Satan tried to trick and deceive her in a very similar way right off the bat. He's like, can it, can it really be that God said you cannot eat of any tree in the garden? Like... Are you not privileged enough? Or, you know, kind of playing on that prideful thing. You mean to tell me you can't enjoy just any tree that's here? You know, you're 
you're bound by some rule that is not your own? Don't we think this way? I mean, come on, really? <laughs> I mean, this is very uh, humanistic thinking. You, you, you should not be bound by any rule from someone else. You know, you should, you should not have any moral that is not, you know, not your own. You should not follow any reason that is not your own. So he played, he played her. He played her in that way. And now, we know that Adam was there, okay? Just from the way this reads and from the way she, this happened, okay? And, and Adam also knew better, okay? So I'm not giving Adam any free pass on this. He knew better, and he's just as guilty. He fell for this too, okay? But anyway, the snake, the serpent, Satan... He is tricking her. It's some of the same stuff he tried with Jesus. He tried to get him on pride. He tried to get him, you know, on hunger. Very similar things. Except they're not really hungry, you notice. It's just, oh, we can eat from any tree. Oh, except for that one. Otherwise, you know, we will die. And the serpent says, ah, you certainly will not die. You will not die? What makes you think if you eat of that tree that you would die? That's wrong. That's not true. The real sin here, she was tempted. And really, so was Adam. Adam, I'm sure that Adam was right here and, you know, okay, so I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not giving anybody a pass here. Because um, this has nothing to do with which sex you are. This is just the way it happened, okay? Anyway, um, so... The sin here, the problem here, is that they decided to believe Satan over God, basically calling God a liar, and that is the sin. Now, I've heard a lot of other things, and you will hear other things being told and said, but that is the real sin here. They decided to believe Satan over God, and when they did that, they, they essentially spiritually made Satan their God. And then they followed, they they fell for his trickery and they followed and did what he wanted them to do. So again, it's much like what the temptation that Jesus had to face where Satan tried to get him to worship him, to follow him, to serve him. And he just had an easier job with these two because these two were, I'm going to say these two were more, probably more childlike and more naive. And they, and they fell for it, you know? So, <clears throat> that doesn't make it right. But, that's what happened. So now we're going to move on. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool afternoon breeze of the day. I don't know why they put afternoon breeze, but in the cool. The God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which I guess that could be an afternoon breeze. So the man and his wife hid and kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, just on the face of it, that is ridiculous. I'm sure they thought they were hiding. And maybe they were physically out of his immediate presence. But they were not hiding from God. This is the same way we deceive ourselves. We're not hiding from God. God always sees and knows the Lord is near. But the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? 
He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten fruit from the tree to which, of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled and deceived me, and I ate from the forbidden tree. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than any animal of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity, open hostility, between you and the woman, and between your seed, offspring, and her seed. He shall, and this is speaking of Christ, he shall fatally bruise your head, and you shall only bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will give birth to children, yet your desire and longing will be for your husband, and he will rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. So, then to Adam, the Lord God said, Because you have listened attentively to the voice of your wife and have eaten fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, the ground is now under a curse because of you. In sorrow and toil you shall eat the fruit of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread until you return to the ground for from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now, I want us to note the blame game that went on here, because this is exactly, this is still what we do. We did this as children, and we still do this with God even now. You know, God's like, well, what, who told you you're naked? Now, now and let's, let's understand that God really knows what's going on here, but he wants to have this conversation with them. He wants to teach them, and he wants to make sure that we know this lesson. So, you know, and the woman immediately starts, okay, now, and, and again, it's just the way it happened. It doesn't matter which sex it is, if it's the woman or the man first, that's not important. What's, what's important here is this is just what happened, okay? So... The woman blames, points the finger at the serpent. Well, he, he deceived me. Well, I know, wait, hold it. I'm sorry, go back. You back up. Adam was the first. Adam says, oh, the woman gave it to me. It's her fault. Immediately blaming, blaming the woman for it, okay? I'm sure, just like anything in life, yeah, when someone offers you something, it's it's tempting, it's nice, but... That doesn't mean you have to take it, you know, but here he's playing the blame game. Oh, well, the woman gave it to me. And then the woman is like, well, no, the serpent, he, he tricked me. <clears throat> Pardon me just a moment. I'm sorry. I had like a, a really bad urge to cough, really bad. Anyway, nonetheless, um, so they were playing the blame game. You know, Adam blames 
Eve, or the man blames the woman, the woman blames the serpent. You know, and the serpent has no one left to blame, but of course, Satan doesn't care. He was just glad to mess things up. So then, you know, God basically tells them now what the, you know, what the, what the problem is, what's going to happen, how things are going to be. He was telling them, and maybe, you know, they were naive, maybe they didn't understand. Satan certainly understood. But when they chose to believe Satan over God, that was their sin, that was their problem. Now, God had t- told them that this would make them dead, and he meant spiritually dead, and also that it would introduce death into their lives. Because now, from now on, okay, he, we're going to get, I guess I'm not there, but from now on, um, they're going to age and they're going to die. Until this point, we're not aware of anything like that, but now that's going to happen. They're going to age and they're going to die. They're going to work. They're going to have discomfort. Um, it, they're not going to be in the garden any longer. So let me uh, let me move on from here. The man named his wife Eve, life spring, life giver, because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made tunics of animal skins for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now see, God still took care of them. Even though he's getting ready to put them out of the garden, he's still taking care of them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, knowing how to distinguish between good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take from the tree of life as well and eat its fruit and live in this fallen sinful condition forever. Therefore the Lord God sent Adam away from the Garden of Eden to till and cultivate the ground from which he was taken. And we'll stop there just a moment. Now that they were in this fallen condition, they were in this dreadful state of spiritual death, and that they were going to have um, they were going to age and they were going to die. They've introduced you know, spiritual death and death into the world, basically, into their lives. So now he doesn't want them to take partake of the fruit of life and live forever eternally in that fallen condition because that would be akin to just living in hell because... Being separated from God, being away from God, that is, in a way, that is the spiritual hell. That is the spiritual death, knowing that you are away from your Creator, knowing you're away from your spiritual Heavenly Father, and not being able to be with Him and learn and follow. That may or may not make sense to you right now, but... That is a big part of this separation and this spiritual death. So therefore, the Lord God sent Adam away from the Garden of Eden to till and cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So God drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he permanently stationed the cherubim and the sword with the flashing blade which turned round and round in every direction to protect and guard the way, entrance, access to the tree of life. So, basically, 
He has prevented Adam and Eve from partaking of the tree of life. Now notice, if I'm reading this correctly, the only tree they couldn't partake of was the knowledge of good and evil. Because they weren't ready. They were too they were too childlike. They were too naive. They weren't ready for that. Okay? And God, I think God, you know, was going to teach them and raise them and show them all these things in the correct course of time and in the correct way. But notice they had access to the tree of life. Only now, after all of this, are they blocked from the tree of life. I don't see, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can certainly you know, leave me a note or, or just message me and let me know, but I don't see where they could not partake of the tree of life. It was just the tree. You know, we may eat from the trees of the garden except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. He said, you shall not eat it or touch it. Otherwise, you will die. So, it was only the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because, again, they weren't ready for that. They were not prepared for that. And who knows? I don't know how God was going to do things. Uh, but I'm sure that, uh, that he had a more perfect plan, a better plan. But still, this is what happened. And he knew, he, again people with free will you know some some I've heard some people say that God knew we were going to do this and that this was going to happen and this was the plan all along maybe maybe but I think because we had free will and Adam and Eve had free will I think there were I think there was options there I think they could have chosen the correct choice um but I think God is all-knowing, he's omniscient, and that means he does know the choices you can make, and he does know the paths you can take, and he knows all of them. It's, it's kind of an odd concept, but if you think about it, um, the past is set now, okay, because we've chosen, we've made certain choices, certain things are done, and it's set, it's what happened. But the future still has a lot of paths, a lot of choices to be made and take. And I think it's very simple that God just knows them all. So that no matter what choice and path we take, He's with us to help us and guide us even if we make the wrong choice. And even if we, um, you know, mess up like they did here. I think he's ha he has a plan and he has things ready to go no matter what we do. And that's, I know that's a big thing if you think about it like that. But I don't think we're predestined in any way. I don't think they were predestined to do that. I think that was a choice that they made. They chose to listen to Satan over God. And that was, uh, that was a huge mistake. And that introduced spiritual death and and just death in general into into this life so all right so that is genesis chapter three and i think that's the big deal here thing we need to remember is when we are not listening to god and we're listening to something else guess what that something else usually is satan it's usually something bad if you're not listening to god and you're listening to something else it's usually going to be the wrong thing 
Now, mind you, not talking about scientific things, not talking about math, though scientific things can be part of this, but, but in general, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual and moral things. You know, if we're not following God and following His His plans and His ideas and His love and His mercy, then we're probably following the wrong things, okay? Admittedly, you have to look at everything case by case. Your, your life is not one carbon copy thing after another. Life changes, things happen, so... But we need to make sure that we're following God, following His spiritual and moral authority, and doing things correctly. And uh, really doing what we should be doing, what He has taught us and shown us in His Word. So, Alright. <clears throat> oh, and there is one other thing to remember here and to note here. When God is telling us not to do something... That's because it's harmful to us. Just like here. They were tricked into doing something that was harmful for them. But God wasn't being mean to them or cruel to them by saying, don't, don't mess with that tree, don't, don't eat of that tree, don't do that. He was trying to help them. He was, well, he wasn't just trying to help them. He was protecting them, helping them. I'm sure there would have, you know, he was raising them, you know, he as God the Father was teaching them how to go and how to be. And just like we watch after our children, we say don't run out in the street and we grab a hold of them and we don't let them, you know, get themselves hurt. We don't let them put their hand on the, you know, the burner on the stove or the eye of the stove, as I say, Um, you know. We don't want them being injured or hurt. And that's exactly the same here. He was telling them, you know, you can have everything but that. Don't mess with that, because that will hurt you. Do you see the analogy there? I mean, it's very much the same, or the comparison, you know. Uh, it's very much the same. And that's how God is with us throughout the whole Bible. And with the children of Israel, he's trying to teach them and show them how to be all the way through. So... And we'll see more of that as we go. Lord willing, we'll read through all of the Old Testament and we'll see that all the way through. So, thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe always. And remember, God loves you.